Isaiah 9 and 6, once again, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of I want to preach today with the help of the Holy Spirit. I solicit your prayers from the simple subject, his name. His name. The prophet Isaiah was God anointed and God appointed to the people of Judah. While his calling was glorious, as any preacher knows, his task was challenging. He had to confront the people of Judah with truth. And sometimes truth is not always easy to swallow. The truth was that they had broken the Lord's covenant, had rebelled against their God, and the truth was they would have to face the consequences of their sin. But yet in the midst of his prophecy of doom and gloom, Isaiah delivers a message of hope that will be found in the king of glory. A message of hope that would be found in Jesus Christ. A message of hope that would be found in God's one and only Son, coming Messiah, Savior of the whole world. On one hand, you have a message of gloom and doom. But on the other hand, you have a message of this great hope that was coming in Jesus Christ. Who is this king of glory? Who is this God's only begotten son? Who is the Messiah, the Savior of the world? That's a great question to which Isaiah provides an answer. The answer Isaiah gave to this question is found in five descriptive names that reveals the character, the nature, the essence, the makeup, the isness of Jesus. Five names. Five names. Notice the text. The descriptive names to Jesus brought forth by Isaiah in verse 6. Isaiah says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. Watch this. And his name will be called Wonderful. Notice first in the character description of Jesus, Isaiah points out that his name shall be called Wonderful. The word wonderful comes from the Hebrew word Pelah, which means miracle or marvelous. So now in Luke 131, when the angel Gabriel goes to the Virgin Mary with news that she was, uh, 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 although 
uh, had not known a man and although had not known Joseph more specifically whom she was betrothed to or engaged to, Mary, when the angel goes and says to her, you shall bring forth, conceive and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, he was talking about Pela. He was talking about a miracle. He was talking about a marvelous thing. Mary was a virgin, had not known a man, had not known Joseph, and yet the angel gives this exciting news, this wonderful news of a coming Savior. And so as we approach the celebration of another Christmas day, a time when we are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ around the church, there is excitement in the air for all of those who believe in Jesus. There's a great anticipation as we look forward to celebrating this day we have called Christmas. As we approach the celebration of Another Christmas day, the voice of Isaiah, this great prophet of God, this anointed prophet of God, this appointed prophet of God, the voice of Isaiah echoes down the corridors of time, encouraging us. With all that goes on in the world around us, Isaiah's voice encourages us, inspiring us. His voice instructs us. On this day and the days to come, not to lose sight, disengage, or separate ourselves from the wonder of his name. That's what he said when he said his name shall be called Wonderful. Isaiah said, don't you forget it. Don't you separate yourself from that reality. Don't you engage, disengage from that truth. His name is Wonderful. Now, one of the ways not to lose sight or disengage from the wonder of the name of Jesus is for us to think about the wonderful, the marvelous, the splendid, the stellar, the spectacular things he has done for us. One of the ways to, to keep his wonder in our minds is just think about each one of us individually and collectively the wonderful things, the marvelous things, the great things he has done for us. When we think about how Jesus lived for us. When we think about how he abandoned all of his privileges in heaven, moved down, lived among men and women, boys and girls, when we think about it. When we think about the when, the where, and why, and how he died on that cross to save sinners like you and sinners like me from our sins. When we think about how he rose from the grave with all power given unto him. When we contemplate, meditate, and accentuate all the good God has done for us. When we think about how he has guided us. When we think about how he has provided for us, when we think about how he has protected us, even at this very moment, from danger seen and unseen, when we think about some of us, how he has healed us, how he has healed our loved ones, when we think about how he has helped 
us through the difficulties of life, through sleepless nights, when we think about how he has gotten us through the death of those who were close to us, when we think about it, we can't help but join Isaiah in acknowledging the reality, celebrating the truth that his name is one. We get up in the morning thinking about the wonderful name of Jesus throughout our day, regardless of our challenges. His name is wonderful. Second Isaiah says his name shall be called Counselor. Imagine having Jesus as your personal counselor. One who is always by your side. One who is willing and able to guide you through, coach you through, counsel you through in in every situation that you face. He is there. He's a wonderful counselor. Isaiah would remind us today that our counselor in Jesus is available 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, 365 days a year, our counselor is never offline. Our counselor is never too busy to answer us, guide us, and direct us. Isaiah will remind us today that our counselor in Jesus is never preoccupied with the events of a chaotic, confused, and crumbling world. He's never too preoccupied, never preoccupied with the events of what's going on in the world. But he won't step to us and hear our faintest cry. But not only is he always available to counsel us, and I, I love this part, he's always able to help us. I've counseled a lot of people, and many of you have too, but, but, not, but Jesus can go beyond. Jesus is able to help us. Jesus can change the situation. Jesus can give us strength to endure the situation. For you see, there is no problem he can't solve. There's no person he can't handle. There's no code he cannot crack. There's no stress he cannot manage. Jesus is able to deal with any and every challenge that comes our way. I tell you, he's a wonderful counselor. That's why hymnologist Jovan Scrivens wrote with great confidence and enormous courage the words, Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Watch this. Just take it to the Lord in prayer. He's a wonderful counselor. Can we find? Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every, our every weakness. Jesus knows. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Isaiah said he's a wonderful counselor. Whatever you're going through, whatever is bothering you, whatever's depressing you, whatever has you down, take it to the counselor. He's able, I tell you. He'll make a way out of nowhere. He'll tell you what to do with it. Trouble, he'll tell you what to do. He'll guide you every 
step of the way. I'm a witness. Career concerns, the counselor will guide you. Family matters, the counselor will guide you. Trouble in your way, the counselor will guide you. He's willing to hear you. And he's able to guide you. Thirdly, Isaiah says, his name shall be called Mighty God. I like this. For we need to understand and fully comprehend the fact that we serve a Savior who is mighty and has all power in his hand. That ought to excite somebody. That ought to be shouting material that you serve a Savior who is a mighty God. He has all power. Notice what Isaiah says at the beginning of verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. I tell you, he's able to handle it. Notice not just the United States government. Not just the government of China, Japan, and the government of Africa, but the entire governing affairs of the world, Isaiah reminds us, will be subject to his rule and his authority. That's what Isaiah means when he says he shall be called mighty God. Every government is subject to his will. Now, here's a truth. Here's a reality. Human beings, many human beings now live under the intense delusions of grandeur having deceived themselves into thinking that certain powerful people are really running things. Can I get a witness here? I don't know. Isaiah spoke to this thousands of years ago, and yet people are living under false illusions, delusions of grandeur that flesh and blood are actually running things. Can I give you a few examples? Like Pharaoh, who thought that he was running Egypt. Uh huh. Like Nebuchadnezzar, who, this great and, and mighty and powerful king, who thought that he was running Babylon. Like Herod, who thought that he ran Rome. Men and women throughout history have fooled themselves and have allowed others to fool them into thinking that they were ultimately in charge of the affairs of the world. But on this Christmas season, Isaiah has news for them. And Isaiah has good news for us. Jesus born in Bethlehem. Laid in a manger. Dr. Williams, I like that. The first king-size bed laid in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. Jesus is king of kings. Jesus is Lord of lords. And so Christmas serves as a monumental reminder that that Jesus is our all-powerful Savior who opens doors that no one can close, that closes doors that no one can open. Jesus, our blessed Redeemer, the one with all power, fights our battles. Jesus provides for all of our needs. Jesus picks us up when we are down. Jesus carries us through the difficult challenging days of life. Jesus brings us out. Jesus makes a way out of no way. Jesus specializes 
in things seemingly impossible because he is mighty God. Fourth Isaiah says his name shall be called everlasting father. Here in verse 6 of the text, Isaiah points to the permanent nature of Jesus. Thank you, Isaiah. We needed that. Why? Because we live in a world where people come and go, where monarchs and rulers rise and fall, where that which is constant one minute is subject to change the next, where circumstances are fluid and fickle people will flip the script in a moment's notice. And in a world like that, it's good to know that Jesus, it's permanent. Can I tell y'all something? The White House will change. But Jesus is permanent. Think back 10 years ago. It's changed. It will change. But Jesus is, per is permanent. He will never leave us nor forsake us. The third stanza of an old hymn of the church written by Charles Wesley captures the essence of the permanency of Jesus with these prolific words, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory down. Listen carefully, don't miss this. Here lies the permanency. Mild he lays his glory down. Born, and no man, this man no more shall die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Did you get that? Born that man no more may die. That's the permanency of Jesus. And here's more good news. John 3.16 states, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, in this world of constant change and in this world of fluid living, one thing remains the same. Jesus is permanent and in him so are we. Christmas is a special time of year to rejoice and celebrate that we have an everlasting Father in Jesus who grants eternal life to all who trust in him. Fifth and finally, Isaiah says, his name shall be called Prince of Peace. I believe most of us will agree that we're now living in a world where many people are frantic. People are anxious. And people are literally worrying themselves to death. The reason is they don't have a saving relationship with the Prince of Peace. Now get this. They may have money, but money can't buy peace. They may have education, but education can't produce peace. They may have power and prominence and prestige and high-powered positions, but they don't 
keys because power and prominence, prestige, and high power position of a worldly nature won't bring peace. The government, the military, the right to bear arms all have a place, but they can't provide peace. Buy all the guns you want to, put all the security up you want to, hide behind all the laws you want to, but if you don't have Jesus, you'll never have peace. No matter who's in the White House, the State House, or the Mayor's Mansion, no matter how strong the military might be, no matter how many guns we own, they will not produce peace because peace, real peace, everlasting peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding can only be found in the babe of Bethlehem, can only be found in Jesus. Real peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding. That peace like a river attendeth our souls with sorrows like sea billows roll whatever our lot thou has called us to say. Because of peace, because of the Prince of Peace, it is well, it is well with our souls. So this Christmas, with all the gifts we give, all the gifts we receive, may we know his name. May we focus on his name. May we embrace his name. Go on and have a wonderful time, but know his name. May we rejoice in his name. May we celebrate his name. May we call his name. His name is Jesus. He's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father. He's a prince of peace. His name is Jesus. God has spoken.